0: Welcome to my Soul Life podcast. This is my playground and I'm your host, Susan Scullin. I believe that we can live a life we love every day. To do this, we have to go on a journey to uncover who we are on every layer. Join me each Monday for conversations about following our soul's calling and embodying what lights us up so we can become even more amazing people. And then later in the week, I'll be back with our Soul Live Conversations, where we open up and explore who we truly are to become authentically us. Be inspired. A quick reminder for you that all the information shared in this podcast is my experience and the experience of my guest. It's not medical or mental health advice, diagnosis or treatment. And I'd encourage you to seek professional advice where needed. Today I'm chatting with Anne Visser. Anne's a gorgeous soul who shares deeply her experience within her marriage and how doing the work on herself and the work her husband and she did on their marriage has transformed it into something I believe she always knew was possible, but just didn't know the how. I think we're pretty much all in that kind of boat. What they've learnt through their marriage is a gift that they've also given to their children and their grandchildren. Talk about legacy. For over 20 years, Anne Visser has been equipping individuals and organisations as a certified John Maxwell team coach, speaker and trainer at For Better Forever to communicate in ways that align with their values so that they can lead their families and their teams into a better life. Anne and her husband have been married for 42 years and they have five children and 11 amazing grandchildren and you'll get to hear more about how much delight Anne's grandchildren bring to her early on in our chat. Anne gives us so many amazing opportunities for us to grow through this podcast episode with journaling prompts, opportunities for awareness, books, and the incredible work that she's doing in the world. If you want to deepen your relationship with yourself, your partner, or bring in a partner, this is your starting point. Anne and I would love to hear what you took away from this episode, so head over to my website, susanscolan.com or Instagram my.soul.life.podcast and tell us, and you can reach out to Anne via the show notes for this episode on my website too. See you inside. Welcome Anne to, uh, to, to come and have this conversation with me today. I'm really excited to meet you and, and dive in deep. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you so much, Susan, for having me here on the Soul Life Podcast. I'm really honored to be here and I hope to add some value to your audience today.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that Um, and I'm excited to dive into what we're going to talk about today because it's so prevalent Um, but before we dive in can you tell me what's one thing that's bringing you the most joy at the moment?
1: Oh, yesterday my granddaughter was here. So no school. (laughs) And I, I, she's 11. And, um, I said, we're having company tonight. And she said, Oh, I want to make supper. And so she got into the kitchen with her very good friend and together they made cookies and muffins. And she's 11, but we watched chop together. And so uh, are you familiar
0: with chop, Susan? (laughs) No, tell me.
1: It's a, it's a cooking show, and so that you open a basket and whatever's in the fridge you, or whatever's in the basket you have to work with, well, whatever was in our fridge, that's what she had to work with yesterday, so
0: yeah. it was great fun. Yeah. I used to love yeah. watching, there was an English version and it became an Australian version of that, like that type of show where it was ready, steady, cook, and they were given so many ingredients and then they just had to make like an entree I think it was a main and a dessert from those ingredients and they had 30 minutes to do it It was really cool or 20 minutes to do it something like that yeah
1: yeah sounds similar and so we love to guess who's going to get chopped or who who's going to make it through and so yeah so just being able to delight in her and her joy at creating something is just it's it's there's nothing like it to have a granddaughter in the house and just to enjoy her company and her presence and all the wonderful hugs that we have together when when we're together.
0: Yeah. I saw a post the other day um from a, a girl I went to school with and she was saying, you know, when she was growing up, if she said to her mom I'm hungry, her mum would say, Well get an apple. And then if you don't want the apple, well you obviously weren't hungry. And then she said, but now as a grandma, what can I get for you, darling? How can I? (laughs) So it's a very different approach. She's like, see, see, I wasn't the same. (laughs) Is that your experience as well?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I do try, there are rules and I do try to follow the rules as a Nana, a responsible Nana, but it's really hard. Yes, And it's very easy to spoil and to go above and beyond to just love on them.
0: It's just beautiful, isn't it, that you get that opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the fun. I would say to my (laughs) mum, I don't care what you feed him, just tell me so I know what to expect later. Like I just need to to understand. It's fine. (laughs) Teddy would get very spoiled, especially as a young one.
1: You know, during COVID, Susan, we had to be apart for a time. And I still remember that very first hug, that first encounter that we had after being separated for uh, several, I don't even know, it felt like eons. (laughs) Yeah, And then just, we just clung to each other in the most beautiful way in the middle of the kitchen yeah. and just couldn't let go of each other. It was just so such a tender moment, and th- that's kind of the picture of being a, a nana uh, for me, of what it means. And now I can't even see you because I'm out tearing up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Probably fogging up over there. Um, fogging yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah, that is beautiful, and there's, there's so much joy that comes through children um and being a nano, and you know that's a that's a big life journey to get there isn't there
1: it is a big journey to get there and it's a big part of our story too susan and and um And that's why we call ourselves for better forever as a company, because I believe the changes that I make Mm. have impacted my children and the conversations that we had around the table about what it means to, to love and to be in relationship and to communicate better. We had so many of those conversations as we were getting well, and it's impacted our children and our children's
0: children. So. Yeah. It's that legacy piece that I talk a lot about that flow on effect. When you do the work, there's, it goes forward it can go back as well absolutely and you can heal backwards but in terms of the other generations but it's that forward generational healing and the opportunities that your grandchildren get and your children get by you doing the work and they don't have to have done any of the work you've just done it for them
1: (laughs) (laughs) and that is such an exciting part of that growth that happens that personal growth and when we work on ourselves and it makes relationships better and it just goes down the line and so we we talk about living from the inside out Uh, it's one of our core values is is living and leading from the inside out how important it is and the influence that we have um, not just with each other as a couple as in marriage but then the influence that we have that carries down and spills over into the next generation and the next yeah.
0: <laughs> and they don't even do the work yeah
1: <clears throat> but <clears throat> so of course speak. they do of course they do have their own work to do I have discovered
0: <laughs> yes yeah they definitely have their own work to do which is great but it's like there's just an opportunity it doesn't mean that they won't have to do that work it's just some of the work is already being sort of cleaned out, and then they can take it to the next level.
1: That's beautiful. And how I picture it, Susan, is that I actually stand on our shoulders,
0: mm. just
1: just a little bit higher, like a little bit further because
0: of the work that we've done. Yeah. And I call it like updated software. So, <laughs> my um, I've got three bonus sons, and one of them said, "Oh my gosh, I just don't get how Teddy gets all this computer stuff. Like he just gets it. It's easy for him." and and at the moment, it's hilarious because he'll have three iPads going while he's working on different things in, in games. It'll be he'll be in the same game, but he'd be working differently and he's got it all and he's just like, how is that possible? And I said, Well, I, I call it updated software. And it's because we've been using these devices for, I don't know, 10 years now, but and probably five years before he was actually born. We've sort of brought that into ourselves. And then he gets that benefit and he gets the benefit of the work that we do on ourselves from a personal development perspective as well. Even though I wasn't doing the work before he was born, he still gets that work, that benefit after he was born, after, yeah, after he was born. Yeah.
1: Beautiful. Updated software.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you found that to, you've found that to be true, haven't you, with the people that you work with?
1: Absolutely. And that's the exciting part about the work, is the legacy piece of it. And I do work with a lot of marriages, but it's the personal work. And regardless of what happens to the marriage, because both people have choices to make in it, right? And some choose to walk away. But regardless, what I have discovered is that personal work is so key to walking through that journey. Mm. and to having an impact with their kids because their kids have already seen the process. They've already seen either mom or dad, they're doing the work and someone else maybe isn't and they see it all. And they're so much wiser because of it. And that's a beautiful piece of the work that we get to
0: do and the impact that we can have on our children. Mm. Fabulous. Well, before we get into all of that amazingness, can we step back and go through your journey? How did you get here? Like, what was happening to even come into this work? Because it wasn't what you were doing, was it?
1: Uh, no, it certainly wasn't what I was doing. Um, I actually am a stay. I was a stay-at-home mom, and I was a vol- strong volunteer within my own church and my own community. And I still remember the moment that changed everything for us. Um, I want to just back up a little bit and set the scene for that moment I met this young man one summer when I literally could not outrun him (laughs) (laughs) literally so you were really could not uh, I was a runner and but he had long legs and I couldn't outrun him and uh, that year I pursued him (laughs) I shamelessly pursued him (laughs) I was I, I I was writing him notes in Mr. McDonald's social studies class. I didn't learn much in social studies that year. I was completely distracted. You're, a, you're in a
0: social studies experiment.
1: <laughs> I was. I really, I just wanted a date. I just wanted a date with this young man. I was fascinated with him. I was really drawn to him. Um, he was a leader in our school. He was different. Um, he wasn't out uh, partying on the weekends, which is what I was used to. And I was fascinated by kind of his lifestyle and what he was doing. He was leading in our school as a president of our school. He was leading in his young people's in like a, a maritime association. And so he had a lot of leadership. He was the photographer for our school. And so I wanted to know more about who is this guy and what makes him different. And so, uh, it was about three or four months later, we became high school sweethearts. And I started wearing his high school jacket and his school ring. That was back in the days when they had high school jackets and school rings. <laughs> and by the way, those are, those are signs of commitment, of exclusive, exclusivity. They're saying to everyone else in the school, I belong to him and he belongs to me. And then three years later, we married. And I still remember the photographer saying, I have never seen a couple look at each other the way the two of you look at each other.
0: Mm, that's beautiful
1: we mm. were crazy in love we really were
0: yeah
1: and then I was pregnant one month after we were married very very sick and then we had five kids in six years
0: yeah a big like you know compressed time frame of everything happening right having that many yes. kids in that sort of time frame and that has an impact on your marriage yeah It certainly does, because you don't have the time to have the
1: conversations you need to have, because (laughs) the bathroom was our office. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, it's good that you had an office.
1: (laughs) I would say to him, step into the office. Let's chat. (laughs) But very soon, the little fingers were under the door, and the knock was on the door. What are you doing in there, mummy?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We're having a conversation, right? (laughs) And then my husband, he worked long hours as a farmer. He still is farming today. And I often felt like a single mom in those years. And we were struggling in our marriage. We were struggling. Uh, We were having the same conversations over and over again, but not really resolving anything. Uh, And one of the reasons was we didn't like to fight, neither of us. Neither of us wanted to fight. And so, but that meant that we were avoiding the converse, the important conversations Mm -hmm. that we needed to have until one of us, it would build and build until one of us would explode. And then I still remember this moment that changed everything for us. We were on a date. (laughs) I don't know why these things happen on dates. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> we the were, only time we you've got alone. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I guess that's why it is right <laughs> and we were sitting in our farm truck outside our favorite restaurant and and that's when I looked at him and I said I can't do this anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I still remember the panic that I could see in his eyes and he said what do you mean you can't do this anymore and I said I can't do marriage like this anymore. I said we're not resolving anything; we just keep hurting each other. And and I am so hurt. I'm so tired. I can't do it. But as I it, that disrupted what was happening. Mm-hmm. That's that line, right? And I didn't know what I was doing. But now I look back and I said, "Oh, that's a big disruptor, right? That disrupted what we were doing, and enough that he opened up and he started to talk about." what he was feeling and what what was going on for him. And I had missed all that, Susan, because I was so wrapped up in my own pain. And I was so wrapped up in five little ones with lots of different needs, right, that I had missed his pain. You know, you think that they're adults, these people in our lives, and that they can handle themselves, but... The truth yes. is, you know, I made a promise to care, and that's to care about what's happening with him, and and I had missed that, and we had this creeping separateness, this emotional distance that had crept into our marriage, that we just were feeling very separate and very apart from each other. That closeness that we had once experienced, it was it was a memory, but it was. It was a great emotional space between us. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that back. That's what I wanted to get back to. And that moment changed everything for us because we recommitted to each other that we would get the help that we need. And by the way, Susan, I say the bravest thing in the world that we can do is ask for help and go for help. And I, I... I've told my kids like, just get help, go for help. There is no shame. In fact, there is shame in not going for help. Mm -hmm. I think like, I think that it's the bravest thing in the world to do is to ask for help and to get the help that we need. And so we did, and it started even with a book and we devoured the book together. We learned lessons about conversations and connection that we were missing skills that we did not have that we needed so badly. Um, You know, that conflict is the doorway to intimacy and that there's different levels of communication and that healthy communication takes work and takes, it's a skill that we can all learn. And I just thought, you know, you either have it or you don't, but that's just not true. We can learn skills to get better. And we needed so many of those skills to get better so that we could close that emotional space that we had in our marriage so that we could feel like we're part of a team, like we're together and that we're in it together and that there isn't an enemy, (laughs) except if the enemy might, the enemy might be like the lack of communication. That was the enemy. Um, And so because of that, that's why I do what I do. It started me on a path, a personal growth path. It started us on a, a, a marital path of growing together and learning new skills And I know that if I can learn to communicate better, I know that anyone can. I'm an ordinary woman. Um, we're an ordinary couple. Um, but I believe that ordinary people can do extraordinary things with Mm -hmm. when they're on a personal growth path Mm -hmm. to becoming better. And when a couple works at it together as well, then it just can be so sweet again. And, I don't want to give your people any illusions that it was magic. It wasn't. <laughs> it
0: and never it is. Was a dis- but it is magical. No. Mm.
1: no. It was a choice and a decision on that particular day that we would get the help that we need needed. And then it was a process of yeah learning and growing and applying and learning what didn't work and, and then learning what does work. And and we're still on that growth path, to be perfectly honest with you. Sometimes I look at them and I say, we're supposed to be good at this. <laughs> this isn't working right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And even we now, after all these years and all the, the things that you have done, kind of go, mm, we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> That's
1: right. And, you know, I think relationship and marriage is like that. Like, there's, you don't top out the know. There's always more to know and more to learn and more to grow. And, for instance, I still remember when we had our first granddaughter here in our location. And watching my husband with her was completely different than watching him with grandsons. Yes. Isn't that interesting?
0: That is interesting. Tell
1: and us. so... with every new experience like COVID, uh, a new experience, again, we learned more about each other that we didn't know before. Uh, We relearned how much we love spending time together. Some couples learn that they don't like so much time together and that's okay. Um, It's important to know these things and that knowing never, never tops up. There's always more to know. And that's what I love about relationship. It doesn't have to be boring.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're with this person that you've chosen to be with who is a good person right you already know that it's just about yes. how can i deepen that relationship and funnily enough we we haven't been taught that and that's okay but there are tools out there to be able to create that depth
1: yes absolutely and it's interesting though that we haven't been taught that and how important it is like i think if everything else is successful in my life but my relationships i crave connection and belonging. And I I think we all do. In fact, I think there's a quote by Brene Brown. She says something like, um, you know, a a a deep sense of love and belonging is an irreducible need for all men, women and children that were biologically, cognitively, physically, spiritually wired to love, to be loved and to belong. And I feel that. Like I I love that for my girlfriends when I can feel connected with my with my girlfriends. And I think that we need that sense of belonging and that sense of I'm loved. Somebody loves me in the world I'm cared about, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we need that innately as a young child. Like it comes through um, when we're first born and when we're nurtured in the womb. <clears throat> we need that that love and connection that comes through in that space. So that we can be full humans as we move through life. To when you're going through, you know, giving birth to all your beautiful children and you've had this amazing connection with your husband um, and through that relationship, and you step in and, yeah, you're giving birth and he's farming. And what happened to your identity through your personal identity through that time? I
1: lost my, myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really did. I lost myself and our identity can shift and change, right? As we go through different situations. I became a mom. I became a wife. I became a mom and I lost Anne. And of course, I was very young too. So in, in retrospect, I didn't even know myself very well. I didn't know how much of a people pleaser I was, how much of a, like a conflict avoider I was, a, a, just a peace-loving, agreeable person, <laughs> yeah. which sounds like it should be easy to live with, but I am not always easy to live with. <laughs> In fact, that makes it harder to live with because people don't get to know you. Yeah, People don't really know what you like what you want or who you are, how you're feeling, even they can feel something's not not good or not right or not well with you, but they don't necessarily know what is underneath all of that. And that is like walking on eggshells. Mm -hmm. And so I lost who I was and That personal growth journey was part of discovering more of who I am. I really hid behind my husband, and it was easy to do because he's very strong. Uh, And I was able to blame him for things when they didn't go well. I could let him make decisions and choices, and then when it didn't go well, I had a great fallback. That's a terrible way to do a relationship.
0: Yes, totally. I was in the same boat, so I <laughs> totally understand. <clears throat> and it is, it's detrimental to the relationship around, you know, if you're, you know, projecting effectively onto them, you know, you, well, you made the decision, it's your fault. I'm like, hang on a minute. We're, we're supposed to be in this together. Where is the team here? The team isn't isn't there.
1: Right. And I remember we were on holiday in Mexico and he said to me, okay, l- l- how about you make all the decisions today and we switch back and forth and tomorrow I'll make the decisions about where we go and what we do and and then we'll just switch back and forth. And I still remember walking the beach that day and I was asking him, what about if we went and we did Mexican tonight? What do you think about that? And he'd say, no, it's your decision. Yeah, and I was like, oh, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? But seriously, I re- on that trip I learned how much I relied on him and how I did not make my own decisions and my own choices and didn't even know what I wanted, which is why I teach my people the three C's of pivotal conversations. And that is like, know what you want and have them journal out. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What is it that you really, really want? Mm -hmm. And that was incredibly helpful for me to understand what it is that I really wanted. To be able to express it, you can't tell other people what you want if you don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's some fear in telling other people what you really want or even telling yourself in what you really want, isn't there? Yes. And yes. You know?
1: yes, and being, yeah, yeah, that honesty that that is so important, vitally important for ourselves to be honest with ourselves about what it is and even to be honest about what we're feeling and it really is a skill and the more we practice it the better we can get at identifying what it is we're feeling what it is we're thinking and what it is that we really want and what we really need because they're not all the same yeah Yeah. (laughs) they get all they get all they were getting all smushed up in my brain (laughs) when I when I could not identify those different parts of me and once I was able to practice and journal out, it, I became better at it. I'm still a slow processor and sometimes I need to say, I need some time to think about that and, yeah. and have learned that that's okay to do, to give myself space and time to think about what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking and what I want and then what I need.
0: Yeah. And so you've lost your identity you're sitting there on your date and you said to your husband I can't do this anymore and then he's like what does that mean really great question and you're like I can't do marriage this kind of way was it the next step was that book wasn't it was that the next step for you and how did you find the book where did it come from tell me about that
1: I went to my mother-in-law's because I knew she had a whole library of self-help books, and I thought, I'm desperate. I'm going to start this morning, and I'm going to go and find some help. And so we pulled Dr. Gary Smalley's book, Making Love Last Forever, from the bookshelf, and it was huge. And the first lesson was conflict is the doorway to intimacy. And we were like, nope, I don't (laughs) want to fight. (laughs) We don't need to fight. Like, why
0: would we want to? We get along just give fine. Me something, yeah. Give me something
1: else. I don't like this. But then he went on to explain that the way that we fight or the way that we disagree or argue makes all the difference. And if we can argue in healthier ways, then we can actually see into the other person. Mm-hmm. And even better, I get to see into myself as well when we have a good disagreement. And One of the disagreements that we had some time ago was my father-in-law was rushed to the hospital. and He was in critical condition. And my sister-in-law was at the hospital waiting for word on. So I was at home. And I the the longer we waited, the longer I didn't hear word, I was getting more and more anxious. I was like, I don't know whether he's dead or alive. Is he okay? And by the time my husband came home, I just let him have it. I was angry like why haven't you texted me why haven't you called me why haven't you let me know how is your dad is he dead Mm -hmm. I don't know I need to know and he he was at his best when I was at my worst and he said to me I don't know because there's been no change and they haven't messaged me either Mm -hmm. And then I just let him have it again. I don't know what's wrong with your dad. I need you to message me. I need you to let me know what's happening. And then he looked at me and he said, when I was done, he let me go. And when he when I was done, he said, how can I do this better next time? Mm. Wow. That should have disrupted me a little bit, but it didn't. I was still really angry and I wasn't done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what happened next
1: I said to him, I just need you to message me or I just need you to call me or just let me know what's going on with your dad. Even if you don't know any more news, just let me know that. I've never felt like I'm part of this family. Mm. Yeah, that's what I
0: did. That was the problem. (laughs) That was the story, wasn't it?
1: That was the story underneath the story. I was, of course, concerned about his dad. But then he got all of that verbal vomit because the story underneath the story. And I thought I had dealt with it and I had, but it comes off in layers like an onion, right? And so there was another layer of, do I belong to you? Do I belong to this, your family? And, and so that, but that's what happens in a really good pivotal conversation. I was not at my best. Certainly I was at my worst, but when we can have a good conversation, then I not only got to see him in his heart, he did care for me, and he was asking good questions, and he was listening and let me letting me go, but I also got to see into my heart, too, and that's what happens in a really good pivotal conversation, and that's why they're so exciting, because when... That closes the emotional distance, right? The emotional space that we might feel in a relationship because I know you care about me. Mm. You're in this with me. And even in that. And you know, as soon as it was out of my mouth, Susan, I knew that the story I was telling myself was a lie. Yeah. And just in tell, and just in telling the story in a line, it helped me to tell myself the truth.
0: Yeah which
1: is the power of a good pivotal conversation
0: yeah and I think if people if we argue or fight or disagree there's a story that sits underneath that that our relationship is going to end or really falter and we won't be able to come back from it is do you see that with your the people that you work with
1: absolutely and I encourage them to go through the process because I mean, when a couple comes to me, I don't know what's really going on in their relationship. I don't know if it's toxic. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about toxic relationships here. We're talking about relatively healthy relationships where skills are missing or, mm-hmm. or there are stories and lies that we're telling ourselves that aren't working. And, and so it's really important to do the process to get there to that point to realize, um, you'll never lose. I say you'll never lose. Um, because in the midst of it, you do learn more about yourself and you do grow yourself, regardless of what the other person chooses. But you do also, if it's a kind and good person, you're going to pull closer together. And in the end, you're going to win.
0: Mm. And with your husband asking, well, first that beautiful question, how can I do this better next time? (laughs) I thought that was... Incredible. I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart breaks. I'm like, anything. You can do anything. It'll be fine. Um, but then creating that safe space for you to then like go again and just blurt it all out and then tell, like share the actual story underneath the story. And I imagine then he just held that space for you. He didn't fight against it. He just let you continue to unpack that and knew that it was your story and not his story and not the reality either.
1: Absolutely. And that's exactly what he did. And he knew, and, and he, you know, he took me in his arms and mm. he, he didn't have to say anything more. Yeah. Um, I needed to do the work. Um, and I, I call it my thinking chair and I, I, I later, went to my thinking chair and just journaled out those things and to tell myself the truth about who I am. And I think that's really important uh, over our lifetime to remind ourselves of who we are and of who we're not. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that honesty and vulnerability with ourselves and then with other people really helps us to feel that sense of belonging and love that we talked about earlier.
0: Yeah. And it's obviously a safe space for you both to be able to share your your vulnerabilities, your fears, your worries and your concerns. So when you are in disagreement and it's not necessarily like, it's never about the thing, right? It's whatever's coming underneath it. So that's my experience anyway. So please tell me if I'm wrong, but it's, there's a story underneath there, whether it's not, I'm not good enough. Like, your family never loved never loved me i've never felt felt connected to them i'm not a good mum like these are the some of the stories that we sit underneath them and when we are able to have that safe space where we can express you know i cannot believe that you didn't empty the dishwater again like why is that a problem and it's got nothing to do with the dishwater it's actually the thing underneath it but when you get that safe space then it can be really transform, transformative
1: Yes, absolutely. Very transformative because you hear the heart of the other person and you hear your own heart.
0: Mm, That's beautiful.
1: I have found that um, my women really struggle with that vulnerability piece because it's so risky. Like the deeper we go into communication, the riskier it is. So if I'm just talking to you about facts and figures, that's not very risky. Uh, I'm not risking anything emotionally, but if I go down to deeper levels of this is how I'm feeling and you walk away from that, like I'm feeling like if my husband had a turned around in that moment, um, as we were having that conversation, that would have been so stinking hard. Mm. Um, So I'm, it's a big risk when I'm sharing how I feel. And then it's a deeper risk again, when I share what I need. Yeah. Um, And then there's like, there's a, it's being ignored. That need is either ignored, it's not acknowledged. Um, so then that vulnerability piece becomes really challenging our heart, especially if we've tried it in the past and it hasn't worked. It can be kind of like dipping your toe in the really cold water, the icy water again, to see whether things have warmed up a little bit and we can actually have that conversation again. Um, but those the ability to be able to soft, soft startups, like to be able to start in a softer way instead of like we have to talk. Um, but instead to be able to enter into the conversation in a way, uh, I think the only way to do that for me is really to deal with my own emotions first and to know what it is I want, because otherwise I am not clear. <laughs> I have no clarity in my own head and I can't be clear about what it is that's really going on inside of me and to be able to express what it is that I want. If I don't spend that time to understand and to check my emotions, and then I'm able to enter into the conversation. And it doesn't, I've settled the emotions in my journal. <laughs> so like, as well as if I've had any poor intentions toward that person. Yeah which I, I can have, yeah. <laughs> or or if I've had any resentment in my heart about toward that person, I can deal with that in my journal so that when I go into the conversation, because often these conversations are not one-offs, right? Mm-hmm. We've had them multiple times. Yeah. And so then there's opportunity to check my emotion and to see where am I in this conversation? What is going on? What is my, what's troubling me here? and when i can do that in my journal then i find i can approach the person almost as if i'm outside of the conversation does that make sense susan
0: yeah that does make sense so it's it's giving you that deeper or different perspective and separating the emotions which could come up in that moment from the intent that you want to bring into that situation so that you can be fully there without, and you could probably feel those emotions rise. That's not a problem, but you're still going, do you know what? I figured figured out what I need in this moment, and I'm articulating that to you, and I can be fully present for myself, even though you might turn and walk away or you might give me that blank stare and you may not know what to say. You may not be able to give me that hug because you're just not there um, or you may be able to give me that hug.
1: And and even as you're saying that, Susan, I can feel that sense of when I've dealt with those um, those intentions that I have, any resentment that I have, and any other emotions that are going on for me, you know, I feel disrespected or I don't feel you you really are in this with me or you care about me or I'm not enough, those type of things and stories that I'm telling myself, then I can hear the other person's heart. And I can even manage, like you said, that blank stare, or I can manage Mm. uh, because... I mean, somehow I'm not so bought into, I have a longer term, I have a better end goal in mind. That's what I yeah. find. I'm I'm in a better place to have a better end goal. So right now, if we can't solve this, I'm okay because I know who I am and I know what's going on in me. And I know we can come back to this again later when you're in a better place.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's that vision that you have, that the relationship is for you guys forever. And, you know, and you can trust in the fact that even though, and I'll just use an example, you know, your husband's not right where you need him to be in that moment, you know, based on everything that you've learned, uh, you know, your experience and your inner knowing that we can come back to this and it's safe to keep coming back to this. And at some point, we won't have to come back to this version of it anymore. Mm. Yeah.
1: I love that. I remember that process. It was stinking hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I remember the process of growth. It's like um, two steps forward, three <laughs> two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back. <laughs> like it's just all over the place. And in the beginning, the arguments are closer together, and they're deeper, and they're harder. But then as we get further away from it, we start to have longer periods of time when we're okay and when we don't have to have such deep emotions about the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. And we get further and further away from it. And then I remember that when it did happen again, it would be like, oh, no, we're not back here again in this same place.
0: Yeah.
1: And it feels that way, but it's not. And I love to tell my clients, it's okay. You're not in the same place that you were a year ago, six months ago. It's okay. You're going to recover faster. from that difficult conversation, and they're going to continue to grow further and further apart as you continue to heal. Maybe it's because it happens in layers and it comes off in layers um, that then we have to revisit it again. But I remember how challenging that process was, and it doesn't happen anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Let me qualify that.
0: (laughs) <laughs> You're having a
1: thought. <laughs> I'm having a thought. When, as a farmer, he's working, right now He we've started into harvest. Um, this is, and as a farmer, when he's working those long hours, he'll have a moment where he might flip back into that. But it's just a moment mm-hmm. and he talks himself through it. And then we close that space again. yeah Yeah. temptation can still be there and so that's why those skills are so important to be able to manage those emotions again or just go to sleep
0: yeah (laughs) sleep helps everything
1: (laughs) you're 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 just tired let's let's go to sleep and let's let's do this tomorrow morning and then chances are tomorrow morning you don't even need to have the conversation
0: yeah yeah absolutely and it's that like like you said you when you get in those moments, you've been doing the hard work, and you can you kind of feel like you're never going to get there. That's what your brain is telling you, anyway. It's going to be forever. We'll just never get there. So we might as well stop now. Like some relationships would would kind of go that down that path. But there's this inner knowing that if we continue to do the work, and this is not just in a marriage. This is on us personally, because I exactly what you're saying around you know am I back there again? How did I get back there again? Comes up in that personal development journey on on yourself as well as in your marriage. So knowing that those stories are going to be there and it's safe for those stories to be there and just to remind your brain, we're doing things differently now, it's okay. And it won't be forever. And you're right about that whole, initially it's like you're back in the mud every single time. And then at some point there's a gap You're like, oh, what's that? This is really cool. But then you're back in it and you're like, oh, are we back there again? And then the mud, it takes longer to get into the mud and each time it's longer to get. And to the point where, yes, you can get back in the mud. It's not a problem. But you're at that point where you kind of go, it's fine. We'll move through this. And we still have these sorts of days where in my marriage, we've had one this week and I just go, oh, that's where we are right now. I can see it. we'll move through this. It'll be fine. <laughs> He's feeling disconnected. Generally, that's what happens. Um, And or I feel disconnected from the relationship. That's where the aloneness comes in. And it doesn't feel like we're doing things as a team. And I call it we get out of whack. So it's almost like we're in op- opposition to each other for a little period of time, but it, then it comes back together. And then we get on with things as well. So it's kind of understanding that you go on this journey and it gets easier and maybe it gets harder in some ways because you want to go deeper because you've been doing the work and you can see the benefits of continuing to dip in the work that happens but those things are going to come up and that's just being human too like we've got to allow for that human factor
1: I think it's so good to have good people around us in those moments so to remind us of the work we've done to remind us um, of the challenges we've worked through mm-hmm. and to remind us of, um, to give us, to help us in the moment when we're, when we're struggling, that the end game, that we're, there's a longer game yeah. and it's not finished today. So if today's a bad day, it's okay. Um, and because we've ha- we've learned all those skills in the meantime that we can go back to again and again mm-hmm. um, skills to be you know assertive or you know to to choose a good timing mm-hmm. to, like a good time to have those conversations <laughs> not when they're rushing out the door and not late at night. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yes, exactly, or not when they're tired or when there's a lot of other stressful things going on. That's kind of not the time. But you can create a safe space in there to go, we can come back to this another time if it's still an issue. And like you said before, generally it's not still an issue.
1: Yes, Yeah. yeah, so true.
0: So that piece around that disconnect and the aloneness that a person can feel even though they're in a relationship, is that a personal journey that they need to go on? Or, because often we project that into the relationship and say, well, you should be doing blah or we need to do this, but is it actually the personal piece that needs to happen first?
1: I think it's a personal piece that's really important to take care of. I call it, like, soul care. Um I was out this afternoon. I should have been working. It was a beautiful afternoon. I needed to go for a walk and just, there's something about nature that fills my soul. This is a busy time for him. And I just need to tend to my soul and just care for myself. So, and I find that helps with the aloneness. And I think also it helps just to say, like, I miss you. I used to say you work too much and now it's, I miss you. And now it's even to acknowledge to myself, yeah, I'm feeling lonely today. There's something so cathartic about just acknowledging what it is. And before I would have ignored it and blamed him and you're right, projected it onto him that it was his fault that I was lonely. Um, And so part of that soul care for me would be seeing my girlfriends uh, a little more in that season, especially, Uh, When I, when he isn't here and he's very busy and not making him solely responsible for my connections, Mm -hmm. but having multiple connections, uh, including online, Susan, I love the online world. Nobody can tell me it's a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) because I get to meet with you today. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And uh, this a beautiful conversation, and it's part of uh, my gift. Like, it's, you're gifting me today with this connection, which I love and I'm so grateful for. And so, yeah, I think it's a personal journey, to answer your question, to care for our own soul so that we have multiple connections and we don't put all our eggs in one basket and rely on one person to meet all our needs. What a terrible idea. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and so that we have so that we have those deep connections with others and we don't need to feel alone and if we do it's okay too and we can just acknowledge it and make sure that we do in those moments especially take extra time to care for our soul
0: yeah beautiful all right well before I get into the wrap-up questions is there anything else that you'd like to add
1: I think that it's important to understand what is for your, for our, for us, for all of us to understand what is our end goal. Mm -hmm. And so in those moments when we're struggling and when we're having a bad moment or a bad day or a bad week or a bad season, even a challenging season, um, to remember the end goal and to keep that in mind. For me, it's connection. It's all about connection. That's my goal for, with my people, with my granddaughter, with my grandchildren, with my husband. And so today, uh, might be a difficult day, but my end goal is connection. So what is it today that needs to happen to, to, to facilitate or to make space for some part of connection i used to ride with him in the tractor he's not in tractor much anymore just to take moments in the tractor for connection uh just to make that space and that time um with our granddaughter yesterday they were making a mess in my house (laughs) (laughs) and and goal (laughs) and goal is connection so how can we um Facilitate that and make space for that. So I think it's important to know what is your end goal, and then to keep that in mind as you go about your day or as you go about uh, your week, and how that can happen and facilitate that opportunity.
0: Yeah, because it can happen in every opportunity, like every connection, every time you touch base with that person. So your your granddaughter's in the house cooking, making a mess. And what my mind goes to is I can be the cleaner. Like I can come in and tidy up those things because it's important to me, but I'm also building connection with her. We can have a laugh and put the music on. We can do whatever, have a dance, whatever sort of comes out. Or I can just sit there and watch her and her friend do all of the things that they were doing.
1: Yes, And then just take the moment to take the moments to delight in her and her friend and to let them know, you know, I love you. And I'm so happy you're here to express that with words. I love you. I'm so happy you're here today. Uh, What a wonderful day we had together just to express it in words too. I think words are so powerful. And so we can connect, we can use that moment, those moments to connect with words as well and to remind her of how much I,
0: value her and treasure
1: those moments with her
0: yeah and we can do that in our marriages as well and I loved how you talked about you know I'm feeling disconnected I'll just go and sit on the tractor with my husband which is not something that you probably went oh that's really what I want to do but I want to connect with him and this is where he's at at the moment and I can be there with him that's right yes Mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful (laughs) so I'm a massive believer in self-love it's been a cornerstone to my journey what's one thing that you do for self-love
1: recently i set um i am a free spirit <laughs> <laughs> so calendars and t- calendars and time are hard for me but i recognize there are certain things i want to do in the morning so i have set my my timer for this is what i do early in the morning so i i am making myself look at the clock. This is my self-care. <laughs> I'm making myself look at the clock. And every half hour, I'm shifting up. So I'm working out. I'm spending some quiet time and prayer and Bible reading. That's really important to me. I'm. I, we have a hot tub. I'm spending some time in the hot tub every morning. That yeah. loosens up my muscles and my joints and gets me going and moving. And it just makes me happier to do those things and start the day right. Mm-hmm. Or for me, it's starting the day well. It's giving me some of that soul care that I need. And the other thing that I do, two things, are the pauses. I... Throughout my day, so I work at home all day, and so throughout my day. And this was the pause I did today, and the walk that I took. It was beautiful outside, just getting out in nature. Or if it's if it's a bit of a nasty day, I just stand in front of the, the window and just look out and see what I can see and what what you know God has made. And I'm an amateur photographer. It's very oh. amateurist. <laughs> <laughs> I love to take photos of what I see when I'm walking and doing my pauses, and then when I come back sometimes I'm surprised at what is on the screen and what I see today. There were beautiful clouds and just took a picture of the clouds in the sky and just, it's just, it fills my soul and it's my self-care.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And that's a really gorgeous like mindfulness hack or habit effectively just to stand in front of your window and just look out on, you know, to the world around you and it can really ground you back into nature can bring you back into the body and bring you back into the present moment, which is, that's really beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the hot tub sounds amazing too. (laughs) That sounds like something I'd like to do.
1: (laughs) It is is amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you've provided so much amazing information um, in our conversation today. If myself and the listeners were to take one thing away and implement it in our own lives in service of you, what would that be? Um,
1: I think the one thing is to be on that personal growth journey that allows you to have those pivotal conversations and to check your emotions. It's been so powerful for for me and for us to prepare for important conversations. I find the more I do it, the better able I am to handle a conversation in the moment as well, which is kind of interesting. Even if I have prepared prepared for that specific conversation, I get better at identifying oh this is what i'm thinking here this is the story i'm telling myself this is how i'm feeling here i'm really feeling overwhelmed or i'm feeling that this is a really strong personality coming at me right now and you are completely overwhelming me no i'm okay (laughs) that's my line i'm okay (laughs) yeah and then it's that piece of just checking your emotions to prepare for those pivotal conversations is so incredibly helpful so you can clearly articulate what you're feeling, what you're thinking and what it is that's troubling you and what it is that you really want. I think that would be the takeaway from today.
0: Beautiful. And it's so helpful when we can do that. Like I have those moments where you're in the middle of something or a person walks in and I can feel their energy and I'm like, why do I, why am I attracted to that energy? what is coming off? What are they? Yeah. Who is that person? And it's usually a a person from my past. It's not necessarily the person that's in the room that I'm trying to, that I want to connect with. I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. That's an old story. So it's great when you can start to see that and start to just feel into it. Don't have to do anything about it. You can allow it all to happen because you can unpack it later as well, but just know that you don't get caught up in that moment you're able to as you said earlier sort of separate from the moment and be present with yourself whilst it's all happening Mm. so tell us where what you're doing in the world and where can people find you
1: I coach I speak I train virtually uh individuals and couples one-on-one I support those who are leaving marriages toxic marriages um, those who are in marriage and want a better marriage. I have a a five-week program. It's a pre-marriage program to help couples get ready for marriage. And then I meet with them three times in the first year of marriage as well. Um, mm-hmm. because questions come up and I love to meet with them after. Um I remember meeting with one uh young couple and the question one of the questions I asked was, What is the biggest surprise? That you've had in this first year of marriage, and they'd only been married for three months, and he looked at me and he said, "I'm surprised how much I have to think about her." Oh,
0: <laughs> I have to think about her. That's interesting.
1: <laughs> but his heart was—you know—he's a, a rough guy, but his heart was. I, I'm just thinking about her all the time. Like I'm surprised at how much I. Nice. I think about what it is that she wants or what she needs. So I thought that was a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: It's gorgeous.
1: <laughs> I have a five-week course that I run for singles. It's written by Dr. John Van Epp, and it's called How to Avoid Falling for a Jerk. <laughs> love the program. It's an awesome program. And and that'll be beginning in November. Um, yeah, we're gonna be a little late for that one. That's okay. <laughs> that's uh, but okay. that's that's ongoing, but that'll continue on. You can contact me through my email at Annetteforbetterforever.com. And I have a membership for Christian women uh who uh um, faith drives their values and they want the four lanes of communication. We talk about self-talk, people talk, leadership talk, and the God talk.
0: Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. This has been an incredible conversation. And incredible just awareness around and we already knew the importance of communication but the fact that we can argue and get better in life and in our relationships and it can actually help us deepen our connection to ourselves and deepen our connection to the person in front of us by getting to those deeper stories and it can actually be really beneficial um, it doesn't have to be toxic you know that sort of stuff. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared today. I really appreciate you and I appreciate the work that you're doing in the world as well. It sounds incredible. So thank you so much, Anne.
1: Um, great. Big thank you to you, Susan, and for the Soul Life podcast. And it's a pleasure to talk with you today and to connect here. And and um, I hope that everyone is just blessed by listening in today
0: no that absolutely will be thank you thank you for joining me today and i have a couple of small favors to ask if you love this episode please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with also to help spread the word about my podcast please head over to itunes and leave me a review i would love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you plus it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world which is amazing Finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honored you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising, let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.